Recording is indeed in progress. Uh, so the evidence will hopefully show at some point in the future. So uh, my name is Damon Jensen-Heitman. This is the Monday check-in. I am one of the pastors at uh, First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. You paused for a moment there like you couldn't remember what church you were the pastor of. Sometimes it's confusing. <laughs> I've hung out I mean, in so many churches, Greg. I've hung out in, it's the Presbyterian. That's the word that I sometimes have to pause to, <laughs> to think of. Uh, because, I guess I grew up in UCC churches, and sometimes UCC churches are just UCC churches. Sometimes they're congregational churches. Sometimes they're evangelical reformed UCC churches. Uh, and then I went, to, I hung out with a whole bunch of Lutherans for a while while I was an undergrad. And uh, then when I was in Minnesota, I served at a UCC and Methodist congregation. And um, yeah, then I was so you were a college. chaplain at a college, but that was Presbyterian. It was, but it's not Hastings Presbyterian College. Fair enough, but you've also and been on is. staff at this church for four years, Damon. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just I'm trying to hold all of these experiences in my mind at one moment. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to pick the chocolate chip out of the cookie. That's all I'm saying. Well, we're <laughs> glad you picked this particular chocolate <laughs> chip, Damon. So let me just uh, let me open with that. How about that? <laughs> Uh, the Monday check-in, for those who may not know, is a, a little conversation that uh, you and I are going to have here in a little bit, Greg, and we're going to preview kind of the upcoming Sunday. So we'll share some of the scriptures that will most likely be used uh, on the rarest of occasions. Do they change between now and Sunday morning? Uh, but you're preaching this week, so that the chances are lower than usual. Um and uh, we'll talk a little bit about kind of some of the themes, some of the scriptural ideas, uh, points to ponder, things to consider for the upcoming Sunday. And then after that, we switch gears a little bit and talk about life of the church. So does that seem like a good good game plan for today? I think we can do that. Uh, yeah. You want to open us in prayer, Damon? I would be happy to. God of truth, God of beauty, God of wisdom, ask that your presence might be with us as we open your scriptures this morning, as we study your word yet again, as we consider what it might mean for our lives and how we live them. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this coming Sunday, uh, we have a couple of... Uh, we have a couple of scripture readings to, to ponder and to consider. Uh, and these scripture readings are, um, these are lectionary texts. And we have a new sermon series underway, which maybe we'll say more about after we read the scriptures. But, um, but the sermon series has to do with uh, the good life and, uh, and wisdom for the good life and um, what, the, what a good life might look like. So 
Uh, and so we have two scriptures. Uh, one comes from the Gospel of Mark, at chapter 9, verses 30 through 37, or 30 through 37, if you are one of those people. If you actually want to make your T's sound like T's and not like D's, which is what I usually do, then it would be 30 and 37. I wonder I read, how much of that is like regional accent, like kid who grew up in Iowa and has lived in the Midwest his whole life converts his T's into D's. I mean, it's, I think that's part of it. Um, Hannah uh, puts, she usually puts, re, like, like really puts her T's into things. Um, and she grew up in Kansas for the most part. And then, but and then Nebraska. Also a trained musician. And as a vocalist, you are trained to do that. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah. So anyway. why don't you uh, read for us Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. <laughs> read something like this. Uh, they went on from there and passed through Galilee, they being Jesus and the disciples at this point in the gospel. They went on from there and passed and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. Then they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What are you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them, and taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. And that is the reading from the Gospel of Mark. And then we also have this little bit from James. Uh, Starting at chapter 3 and then some selected verses into into chapter 4. It reads something like this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. 
Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Here ends this reading. Greg, what do you got? Um, well, as David mentioned, we're starting this sermon series that will run for, I think, four or five weeks uh, that we've entitled The Good Life. Uh, part of that is riffing on our Nebraska motto, when you drive into the state signs say Nebraska, the good life. And, um, but we, we want to kind of grow and build on that idea of what does the good life look like as a lived expression, a lived reality of, uh, of faith. And so this James passage teased that up for us beautifully there in James 3.13, show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. And I like that passage uh, a lot. Um, and Damon, you, you introduced this sermon series this past Sunday and talked a little bit about it. And I, you made a distinction between having a good life and living a good life. Can you expound on that a little bit for us? Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know where my sermon manuscript is from yesterday, but uh, so we'll see what happens. But in, in preparing for that sermon... Uh, which was focused on wisdom, um, and 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 connecting it to this sermon series and to this idea of um, of a good life, it, it just sort of occurred to me what a difference a word makes, right? And the difference between what we mean when we uh, say that we hope someone has a good life, uh, and what we mean when we hope that someone lives a good life, right? Um, and I think when we're talking about having a good life, we're talking about the thing that we write on a graduation card, um, which is just, like, I hope that good things happen to and for you, right? I hope that you experience nice things. I hope you get to pursue your passions and interests. I hope that you get to be surrounded by uh, supportive family or friends or, or whatever the case. Um, that's, I hope that you have a good life. Um, I hope that you live a good life is a completely different thing, right? And that is, uh, I hope that your life is an expression of goodness. Right? So, lived with goodness. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hope the words that you choose, I hope the actions that you take, I hope the the course of study that you endeavor on, the work that you do, um, produces good in the world, right? Um, and that's a, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> then yeah. I, I hope good things happen to and for you. Uh, it's different. And Damon and I didn't talk about this. I, I'm the one who came up with the idea of the sermon series. And, and I, I wrote a brief description of kind of what I was thinking. Uh, and then I <laughs> pitched it to Damon and like, you're preaching the first sermon in this sermon series that I came up with on my own. Um, but the good news is that generally Damon and I are generally on the same wavelength, uh, yeah. some, sometimes slight, slightly differing, but I loved his take on this and, and it, it, it grew upon sort of what I was thinking when I hobbled together this sermon series. And what I did was I was just looking at the, the lectionary readings. These are the, the, the readings that are in a three-year cycle. And, uh, and I read through the lectionary readings for these first few weeks uh, of the fall, and I, it just connected with me. And, and Damon did a really good job of connecting even more. And 
and it draws right into these two passages that uh, that we're reflecting on today as well. The James passage is just almost like Proverbs in its sort of pithy one-line quotes about what does what does living the good life look like? So show by your good life that your works are done with gentleness, born of wisdom. Get rid of bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts. Don't be boastful and false to the truth. Wisdom comes from above. Where there's envy and selfish ambition, there's disorder and wickedness. Wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. Let's overlay that definition of that wisdom which we are supposed to be living as part of the good life uh, over the current state of affairs in our country right now. <laughs> and it's like peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, no partiality or hypocrisy. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a tough measure, right? That's a that's tough standard to live up to, but also we're failing pretty miserably as a, as a culture and a society at living up to that which is why we're trying to reorient ourselves through this sermon series to this notion of living a good life that embraces those types of values. Yeah. it's interesting. So that that's verse 17 and James that you're, that you kind of picked out there and talking about wisdom and, and sort of the directions in which wisdom pushes or nudges us. Right. And, and on Sunday we talked about, Wisdom is, is, this, is kind of the thing that allows us to discern the heart of God, right? Um, and the book of James is, pushes hard towards the practical application of that, <laughs> of that discernment, right? Uh, the book of James actually, at various times, considered to be a very controversial book uh, by theologians, right? Who do, were debating its worth and merit. The book of James is the book that also gives us uh, faith without works is dead. Right. And right? The, the debates about James is, is this sort of this works-based salvation versus grace-based salvation because James leans so heavily on the call that our faith should be producing good works. But I don't think that James says that's that our salvation is dependent upon that. It's just that that's a result of us living that faithful life of us receiving that grace. Um, but, but that's where the theologians get into debates about it. But James is so practical in this is what a faithful life looks like. Um, and you even quoted James on Sunday talking about being hearers of the word and being doers of the word. And, and you said, we need to hear it yeah. in order to faithfully do it. Um, and I, I appreciated that, that, that sort of riff on James uh, that you yeah. had in your sermon. Yeah, James, I think, I think from James, it's let us not be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you got to hear it first before you, you know, I, <laughs> you still have to hear it. <laughs> uh, you still have to discern. You still have to have the wisdom. And then what, what form does that take, right, in your life? And, and then the little bit of, of scripture that we have from the gospel, from Mark, we have this uh, example of Jesus talking about, um, you know, one form that this takes in a person's life is, uh, is the desire to serve others, right? That, that whoever wants to be first 
actually needs to be last and be servant of all and uh and you need to welcome all like this uh, this offering of radical hospitality is is an expression of this this wisdom that that we've received or that yeah. attempts to guide us i suppose yeah yeah and and so that that's part of the reason that i like that that passage from mark is that jesus is really uh, similar to James, sort of hammering at home, like quit arguing about who's greatest. In fact, whoever will be first must be last and a servant of all. Um, it, it's a funny passage because the disciples are so human in this passage, right? Mm-hmm. First, we read that they 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 did not understand him what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him. But they were cocky enough to argue with one another on the road about who was the greatest, mm-hmm. right? So they, they're afraid to ask Jesus, but they're they're totally willing to argue with one another about who's greatest. And Jesus sort of disrupts this whole cycle and says, stop, knock it off, yeah. guys. This is what it means to live a good life is be a servant of all and show radical welcome using a child sort of as a as a case study. Look, the way that I welcome this child is the way that you all should welcome me. And you're not just welcoming me, you're welcoming the one who sent me. So um, it provides more insight into what living a good life would look like as opposed to just having a good life, right? Yeah, the disciples do another very human thing in there. <laughs> Jesus says, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> and they say, uh, nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. And this is not the only example in the scriptures where this particular argument comes out, um, this one is repeated in multiple gospels where they're having the argument about who is the greatest, who gets to sit at Jesus' right hand. Um, and each time Jesus is like, this is, y'all are missing the point entirely. <laughs> so. Um, I also, I really enjoy this. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm glad that you included this. Um, because originally we had in the James passage, I had we had sort of not included these verses from chapter four. Um, I I really enjoy the honest depiction uh, of kind of the humanness uh, of people. Uh, those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? Right? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. You come at something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. <laughs> I just, that's the sort of, the, the, the devastating consequences that you see amongst yourselves are the result of your own doing uh, or your own short-sightedness or your own, your placing of yourself, I suppose, above others, Right. Yeah, no, that's very well said, Damon. And that's, uh, yeah, that I uh, I love James's letter because it just really has all of these succinct points about what a lived faith looks like, um, and it acknowledges our very humanness and our our capacity to lean into sin, um, and names it and says, okay, but y'all got to get this straightened out, um, and then it concludes with the submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he'll flee from you draw near to god and god will draw near to you well god is always willing to draw near to us it's whether or not we're willing to do the drawing near to god or our awareness of god's presence and god's nearness in our in our lives and so 
uh, James is just reminding us of that as well. So it's uh, it's some some pretty pretty wise counsel. <laughs> yeah, um, and the the book of James, if I you correct me if, if I'm wrong, uh, takes the form of a letter. Uh, purportedly written by James, uh, the disciple or the apostle, but most likely not, most likely written by uh, like a follower of James, right? Uh, or someone, someone sort of taking up the mantle of James' teachings uh, and James' interpretation on, on Jesus' teachings, right? And, and bringing those up and to the forefront of a, of a community. Yes. Yeah. Um, historically understood to be perhaps James, the brother of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, the scholars will talk about the, there's dispute over the authorship of the letter as opposed to whether it was James himself or a follower of him. Uh, but the audience is, is this idea of Jewish people who have converted to Christianity and are sort of uh, scattered uh, around. And so these are folks who uh, don't have their community have perhaps been rejected by their community because they've followed Jesus and, and don't even necessarily live in community in Jerusalem anymore, but are, are scattered about. And so it's, it's, it's these reminders to the scattered folks of what it means to, to live a good life, right. To, to live a faithful life, a life in line with the teachings of Jesus. And so James, that's why James sort of hammers home these points over and over again about the lived life, about the, the importance of your faith should inspire in you good works. You're not doing good works to earn salvation, but you're doing good works because that is the natural response and outgrowth of a lived faith and belief in Jesus Christ and in the grace of Christ. So it's, uh, that's one of the reasons I love the book so much. Yeah, and if, and if you are trying to form a new community right, of some sort, then, then it makes sense to, to put an emphasis on this is how we need to live together. And we need to live together in this way because our faith compels us <laughs> to yeah. do so, right? Yeah, um, and not just living together with others in your faith community, but also living as a witness to the rest of yeah. the world. Um, and I think that's that's an important distinction here with this letter because it's it's so many of Paul's letters are written to the community for how they should be engaging or uh, behaving as the church within themselves because there are disputes within them. Um, this gospel of or not the gospel, this epistle of James sort of turns turns outwards and, and says this is how you ought to be living so the world can see your witness right. and so they people realize that you are uh, people of Jesus. Um, and so that's that's a yeah. 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 Good. Uh, yeah. Good point. Uh, so do you, uh, you think this will preach? I, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so let you know all. on Sunday. <laughs> so well, uh, I think we'll let you know on Sunday. <laughs> if, Fair it, enough. if it preached or not. Fair enough. <laughs> Should we switch gears? Yeah, let's uh, let's update people on what's going on in the life of the All church. Right. And let me just say, uh, last week was just glorious. Um, just 
amazing uh, for after 18 months to have so much life and uh, vitality and joy within the walls of our church. Um, we restarted our uh, Wednesday night live programming on Wednesday nights. And so we've had uh, lots of kids in and out of the church on Wednesday night for Bible study time and rec time and uh, children's choir and children's bell choir. And then a family style meal, which we're facilitating out on the playground uh, at picnic tables for safety. Um, and then our, our youth show up and join some of the kids at the meal. And then they have bell choir and choir and then our chancel choir rehearsed outdoors for the first time in 18 months. And then we had youth group. And um, so that's what's going on in the church on Wednesday nights. And we hope that you, uh, you can plug in and be a part of it in some way if you're interested. So if you've got a child who is uh, first grade through high school age and you don't know about our programming on Wednesday nights, reach out or um, our website is really, really detailed with what's going on on Wednesday nights. So send your kids or your grandkids. Um, if you're interested in singing in the choir or playing in the handbell choir, uh, those are meeting again on Wednesday nights as well. And so, uh, yeah, come join us. Come be part of this family of faith. It's, uh, gosh, I just, I was just wandering around the church on Wednesday, just really, really full of joy and life. And it was wonderful. Yeah. And Sunday morning had a very similar vibe and feel to it. So we have the, we have the 830 service on Sunday morning in Alexander Park and the, uh, the chancel choir joined and helped to lead in worship at that service. And we have, since it's in the park, since it's outside, uh, masks are optional at that service. And we do some congregational hymn singing at that service, um, which is just kind of a lovely thing. And then we had Sunday school in the in-between hour. Um, for the for, We had Wednesday night stuff, at least for junior high and high school last year. Um, but we didn't have Sunday, any Sunday school. And so, yeah, just pleasant to run off to Sunday school um, for all ages. And we had uh, adults. Uh, there were, was forum back up and going and heirs parent uh, going as well. So, and then we have the 1030 service in the sanctuary on Sunday morning. So, but what were you going to say? Oh, you just, you shared a little snippet of what high school Sunday school looked like on Sunday. Can, can you share that with our loyal listeners? Uh, it just, yeah. it warmed my heart. <laughs> yeah. So we had, um, so the, the scripture from Sunday had to do with wisdom and this personification of wisdom. And then the scriptural witness, the personification of wisdom uh, takes a female is described as being a woman, right? And our Sunday school hour just happened this week that it was myself and um, four intelligent, <laughs> talented, kind, and thoughtful young women. And so we just had, we sat and we had a conversation about wisdom and what does it mean to be wise and where do you see wisdom in the world and what are the benefits of wisdom and you know, how does that sort of contrast with perhaps what the world thinks is wise or what we are commonly encouraged to think is wise uh, from a cultural sort of standpoint and perspective. And yeah, it was just, a, it was a, just a lovely, lovely conversation to have. So, uh, so my thanks to, to those senior high folks for kind of making part of my day yesterday. It was great. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, well, and just you telling me that story also made my day. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on. We're back into our programmatic schedule. This upcoming Sunday is an exciting one because uh, it's Hastings College homecoming weekend, which means Sunday, what we call Hastings College Sunday at the church. And so we've got um, uh, our 830 service will be our normal service in the park, but our 1030 service will be a collaboration with Hastings College. The president of the college will come over and help lead as a liturgist. And um, we're very excited about that. And the Hastings College Choir will be pre-recording some stuff. So we'll have some uh, recordings of the Hastings College Choir uh, helping to lead us in worship at the 1030 service. So that promises to be a joyful Sunday. And then following that service, uh, we are going to host a picnic in the park for uh, Hastings College international students. Um, this is something that we're, we're trying this, this fall semester. Uh, these, Hastings College has more than 60 international students uh, who come from, uh, gosh, 30 different countries or something. And uh, anyways, so as a church, we are, uh, we're hosting picnics in the park um, for the first once a month for the fall. And we're hoping that leads to our congregation building relationships with these international students. And maybe by the time Thanksgiving rolls around, our congregation members will set an extra place at the Thanksgiving Day table uh, for these international students so they can come and experience uh, an American Thanksgiving and also sort of get integrated into the life of a family at the church. So we're pretty excited about that as well. Yeah, I will say that is the plan. There is some concern uh, that since it is homecoming weekend, uh, that the Grant Hunter, who works uh, in, in, I forget his official job title at the college, Director of International Programs. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, uh, he's going to check in with students this week um, to see if, if folks are interested in, in doing that um, or not. So the plan is to have a meal, to have some sort of a, a gathering. Um, but we also recognize that it's it is homecoming weekend at Hastings College, and and folks might just be a little bit too busy um, for that. But so so if folks can come, and if there's a meal, great. And if there's not, then um, I guess maybe there's something in their pantry. I don't, I don't know. Stay tuned. Then is that how that yeah. works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, and yeah, like I said, uh, forum is up and running. Dan Deffenbaugh is running a series on uh, wisdom literature, scriptural wisdom literature. So within the biblical canon, there is this genre of things that we call wisdom literature, Psalms, uh, Proverbs, Ruth, Job, um, these sorts of things kind of get collected into this wisdom literature genre. So Dan is taking a look at what is that? What, what does that mean? What are some common characteristics of it or historical context and setting and that sort of thing? And those are in person and via Zoom. So, uh, so folks can join in via Zoom if they would like. They can come in person if they would like. They're also being recorded. And uh, I uploaded yesterday's forum already to our church's YouTube page, which has 38 subscribers. So uh, if you want to bump that up to 40, go for it. And uh, so those are available as well. So, and we will have a little book club thing coming up uh, soonish, actually just in a couple of weeks. So, but there's been the information in the bulletin and that sort of thing on that. So. Awesome. Anything else we should tell our loyal listeners? 
thanks, I suppose. Yeah. A lot of gratitude for y'all tuning in, but also for your participation in the life of our church. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Should I close with a word of prayer? Yes, please. All right, let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for this opportunity to reflect on your holy word and the call that it places on our lives. Thank you for letting us reflect on what it means to live a good life, uh, to be faithful followers of Jesus. May we continue to explore these themes and the calls that they place on our lives and how we are how we are to be living them. Bless and guide our loyal listeners as well. Uh, we thank you for the folks who engage with this particular ministry of First Pres and all of the other ministries of First Presbyterian Church as well. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.